0: Hey there, this is Hanna McGee and welcome to the iHeart2C podcast. Join my husband, John, and me as we talk about all the happenings in our favorite place, Canyon County. We'll be highlighting businesses, organizations, and just plain old people that make this such a great place to live. If you're tired of all the negative on the news and social media and need some inspiration, you have come to the right place.
1: Canyon County is one of the fastest growing areas in the country. It's a great place to live, and it's where we're raising our family. We're going to take a few minutes each week to talk about the place we call home, the good folks, and the great happenings going on in Caldwell, Nampa, and beyond.
0: So join us here at the iHeart2C podcast. All right. Thank you, everyone, for joining us here at iHeart2C podcast. I am Hannah and my wonderful co-host, John. And we um, love interviewing different things that are happening in Canyon County. And we have two special guests. Um, You have heard us have some podcasts um, about agriculture and how important agriculture is, especially in Canyon County. And um, so we have two special guests that are... I would say specialists and very passionate about agriculture in the whole state of Idaho. Um, We have Chanel Tewalt with um, the Department of Agriculture. She is the deputy director. And then we also have Erica White, who is the marketing um, trade specialist for Idaho Preferred, which is a part of the Department of Ag and so we're so glad you guys are both here. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having us. Yes, well I would love to hear from both of you what um, kind of how you guys work together with a Department of Ag and you you guys as Idaho Preferred and kind of your little background and what you do for these um, departments.
2: Sure. Yeah. So I'll start. Um, I'll kind of bridge into the State Department of Ag's branded program, which we call Idaho Preferred. So from a more of a business perspective, this is our consumer facing program and our ultimate mission is really more B2B. So we're really focused more so on our farmers, our ranchers and our food crafters. Our intention is we want to help promote them, connect them together with others in the industry, and then provide a lot of educational resources and components. So the program is really meant to help get Idaho agricultural ingredients utilized and sourced throughout the jump state. And we really piggyback a lot off of the Department of Ag in general because we are a proud agricultural state.
0: Mm, Yes, we are.
2: Yeah, so the Department
3: of Ag in general services one of the state's biggest and most important industries. So Everyone knows that I, agriculture is an iconic part of Idaho, but it's also an innovative part of the state and a huge part of every uh, community, every economy uh, from every corner of the state. And so we have such an important uh, role to play in all aspects of marketing. So Erica really specializes in Domestic marketing in state and the importance of buying local, mm-hmm. and really what folks can do—it's such a powerful tool to support their own community. But there's a huge part of marketing Idaho Ag that is also beyond our state's borders. So yeah. uh, we do everything from domestic to international in our in our agency, and also provide a service in the regulatory environment as well.
0: That's great. I love that, and I love how you guys work together um, for kind of for the better of the state from. The consumer and the people who should be educated and understand all the way to the farmers who who plant the crops and who harvest the crops and are providing those um, those things to the consumers. So I love I love all that. Um, I would love to hear more about some of the things that you guys have been doing together this year. I've um, had the pleasure of going on the tour that you had um, more kind of on the agritourism side, um, but I would love to hear more kind of maybe a short Uh, synopsis of what you've done this year through um, the summer, and then what kind of, what are some initiatives that you are focusing on uh, for the fall going into the winter?
2: Yeah. So the overall program, there are various different uh, facets to it, and a big portion of the program we would refer to as the retail side of our program. And you kind of see that come into play in September, uh, which is really where the tour came into place Mm -hmm. for Idaho Preferred Month. So Idaho Preferred Month is our initiative with our retailers, but also our producer community to get more local product in the stores. It's our harvest season initiative. We want to see that local product sold in the stores and let the consumers know where they can find it. And not just at the retail locations direct on farm as well. Mm-hmm. So we've placed a ton of effort this year in not only building those retailer relationships, but focusing a lot on the direct um, connecting side of it. We want to have those producers' stories told. We want to make sure that our our Idahoans out there know where they can actually find local product. Mm-hmm. So. In terms of what we've really done this year, we've placed a great amount of emphasis in developing resources on our website, utilizing our digital marketing presence, our social media presence, much more to be able to help tell those stories. I don't know about you, but um, when I go out onto a farm and I have that chance to not just learn about the operation itself, but the... You know, the generational side of it and everything that family's gone through to help bring the food to our -hmm. table or to our retail location. um, I mean, I'm it's it's just impactful, you know, and I I want to go source direct from them. I want to be able to find that. So we we've spent a lot of time doing photography and videography to help tell those stories and give the producers, the growers assets that they can utilize Mm -hmm. to help tell their stories themselves as well. So. I think that's something that we've been really excited about and and loved uh, bringing to the community. Loved, you know, bringing that new sense of education and where they can find stuff, and not just even here in our Treasure Valley, but throughout the whole state.
3: I think I think something that Erica and her team have so, been so good at too, are telling these stories that folks otherwise can't tell themselves. Yeah. So farmers and ranchers are so busy doing the job right. at hand. Um, we have some of the most exceptional. Uh, ag folks in the entire country I'd argue Mm -hmm. in the world but they're not social media experts they're not experts in telling that story for themselves Mm -hmm. and so what Erica and the team within Idaho Preferred can do is amplify those stories help them with all the resources and assets to make those community connections and we see so often the really enriching and rewarding experience of consumers making that connection understanding where their food is from and it's been a very cool thing to see.
1: Yeah. So Erica, you, you mentioned a lot of the different methods that you use to f- promote these folks it was it sounds like a great a great program. I know we've had a huge influx of mm-hmm. people coming to Idaho who are brand new here who <clears throat> don't know a lot about the state, especially over the last five or ten years. has how, how has that impacted how you tell the story? Um, Have you had to throw more dollars at it? Talk a little bit about how that influx of people has affected you.
2: I think for us, it was, there's so much opportunity, right? There's, we have such, like Chanel said, it's such an array of just really impactful growers in our community. So for us, it was, how do we diversify the ways in which we're telling stories so we can reach you know, all the different demographics. Um, You know, we want to reach everybody from, you know, our, we call it like our farm to school kids, you know, who are sitting at the lunch table all the way up to, uh, you know, the people who are sitting in their homes and going grocery shopping each week. Um, So, you know, one of the mainstays of the program is we utilize our logo a lot. And, I, I'm not sure if a lot of people really know this about the Idaho Preferred Program in general. Uh, in order to be an Idaho Preferred member, to be a part of the Idaho Preferred community, there are certain requirements that we did set in place. Um, and we have those listed on our website. So we can probably give a little yeah. plug to at the end just so people can understand the full specifications yep. and regulations that go into it. But uh, like I'll give you an example for our food crafters. So maybe you're at the store and you find like a barbecue sauce, something like that. They have to have at least 20 percent agricultural content by weight in that actual sauce Mm -hmm. itself. And it has to come from not just an Idaho business, but it has to be Idaho grown, Mm. raised, crafted, Mm. right, processed, and then it can be put into that product. And so you're in turn really helping fuel not just the retailer or the grower, but your overall economy. And Mm so we really place a lot of emphasis on the use of our Idaho preferred logo. Um, in in getting you know consumers to understand that hey when you're actually buying an Idaho preferred product you're really supporting it from the ground up yeah. you're supporting our state in in a, in a massive way.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: So. Yeah. That's really. Yeah. I also think to John's point, not only have we had this influx within, especially this this valley, but really the whole state, but we're also coming out of a pandemic, mm-hmm. and we saw massive perception changes of the ag industry during the pandemic so for the first time in decades national polling showed that agriculture so farmers and ranchers were seen in a favorable light by huh. folks nationwide right. and, which is really astounding i mean farmers and ranchers make up two maybe one percent of the overall population and so we saw this real renaissance of how folks perceived this community um, and looked at farming and ranching. And I think that's a, a huge thing in Canyon County, especially, which is our most diverse ag county in the yes. state. And we have producers uh, across so many different commodities. And what a cool story that is to to have that interest born out of the pandemic mm-hmm. and a real need to connect back to local, to the folks who produce their food and that real interest in, in making those connections within communities. Yeah.
0: And I'd love to see um, the how a lot of the, the ag um, businesses have – Figured out, out a way to bring the consumer consumer to them and give them an experience. Um, you know, we've interviewed McIntyre Farms, who is, I believe, an Idaho preferred. Maria, um, yeah, yeah, Maria, and th- we've interviewed them and heard their whole story. Um, and they figured out a way for us, the consumer, to come to their farm and experience picking eggs or, you know, their harvest parties that they do, um, which helps us, you know, kind of have more of a, a buy-in, you know, a connection to them. Um, and so it's so cool to see some of these farms that have been able to do that. But the neat thing, too, is some of these farms who, who don't want anybody on their property or to experience you guys are kind of that middle place where we as a consumer can still support them um you know uh eat their products support their products but um they it's still that kind of experience knowing that we're supporting you know Idaho uh local Idaho agriculture and businesses um to help them grow as well so it's such a neat a neat um way you guys support the state for sure
2: it it has been really exciting and I'm even more excited as we shift into this upcoming i mean we just got out of harvest season mm-hmm. really but as we kind of shift and look forward to the new season i am i am overjoyed because agritourism is just such a great way for people to experience agriculture but you know it also creates that mindset of where their food is coming from and I am so thankful to those farms that have opened up their doors and welcomed consumers and said hey you know come come on out learn learn about us learn about the farm learn about all we do and you know even just stepping away with a little bit of that mindset of what's in their backyard Mm -hmm. wow. You know, that's, Mm -hmm. I think that's really moving. So we have uh, placed a lot of focus in this upcoming year into developing our agritourism section of our website. We'll be releasing that probably middle, middle of March. Um, Mm -hmm. And it'll be a great go-to resource for finding local agritourism experiences throughout the state. So I'm really going to encourage people to just kind of follow along as some of those resources uh, launch and, and, Give feedback. Let us know. You know, um, we we know this is such a big ag state, and there's tons of opportunity for us to go out and visit
0: new farms that maybe we haven't had the chance to connect with yet, too. Mm-hmm. I love that. So, what do you? I know um, we've talked a little bit about you kind of have seasonal um, goals and seasonal um, focuses that you have. So now, going into the fall winter season, when you know things start becoming dormant. You're not going to be outside as much. What is your, where is your focus going to be now? Yeah, so as we shift into the shoulder
2: season, we're still very much piggybacking off of harvest. Um, You know, I think we all love a good pumpkin patch and corn maze. So, you know, we've provided a list of resources for all the pumpkin patches and corn mazes uh, throughout the state of Idaho. So Mm -hmm. you guys can also find that. That's great. But I think another major initiative um, to kind of shed light on is our restaurant scene. So, you know, those farm-to-fork restaurants who take the time to meet their farmers, find the unique products that they want to include on their menus and and really have a locally-minded emphasis on mm-hmm. those menus, uh, we, we really want to help promote them and, and get people to go experience agriculture right there on the plate. I think, you know... Uh, it's still a great way for everybody to get out and support local, mm-hmm. but also you're supporting those restaurants and the more local product that we can keep flowing through those restaurants, uh, the more that they can do it. Mm-hmm. You know,
0: it's it's just a small impact that, that leads to great things. Yeah, that'll be great. I'm think, I'm sure that'll help not only the consumer look for those kind of restaurants that can support the local, um, you know, the local farms but also a great resource for those restaurants to find out how can I support uh, you know, the local farms and work with them directly uh, to be able to support them too. Yeah. Where do you find, <clears throat> excuse me, that um, maybe restaurants who don't maybe um, uh, serve local um, products? Is it because maybe they think it's too expensive to serve those and then in turn have to charge higher prices for the consumer, or is it just a lack of communication of not knowing who to connect with or where to find these um, these farms? I,
2: I do think it's twofold mm-hmm. in that situation. I think there's definitely you know a financial side that comes into play. Um, they do need to be able to keep their doors open, and you know the restaurant industry was heavily impacted mm-hmm. during the pandemic, and so you see just. Almost a new emergence in the way our our smaller scale restaurants are are going through their operational um, the operational side of things, not just in how they source their food, but the labor side as well. Mm-hmm. So I think that being able to help get them connected um, with our local growers in each area. Is so important. Um, We are going to be launching a wholesale directory. This is another thing we've been working on. And so, this is really more um, for our restaurants, our retailers, so your wineries, your breweries, uh, any place that is, or even uh, distributors, you know, who are looking to find more local product in their regional areas to help provide to restaurants. This is going to be a really great resource that. Our growers are able to say, "Hey, we're open to we're open to growing mm-hmm. for restaurants." Mm-hmm. You know uh, that can that can make it for a restaurant in terms sure. of like, "Hey, I need a consistent product, but I am struggling to find it locally." So having the voice, you know, helping create that voice for the producers and help getting them connected with those restaurants, um, I think that that's just going to be a major key piece in it all. I know that distribution is also a big portion of this. You know, I, we've, I'll kind of talk about this in a second, but we've launched a restaurant, um, a Idaho farm to fork restaurant series that you guys can now look at on our website. And on our social media, we'll be doing those every Tuesday. But during this experience of going out and creating these farm to fork restaurant videos that really focus on chefs and that source locally that have created these locally minded menus. You know, you see that one of the struggles is the, the geographic location. How do we get that product that we're looking for to our restaurant? And so having something like a wholesale directory that has this mapping system that geolocates where everybody is located, just creates more direct lines of communication to help make the impact of distribution a little bit easier. Mm-hmm. So they, you know, they can either drive to go get the product nearest to them, or vice versa, sure. you know, so yeah.
0: just there's there's lots of opportunity within it all. That's great. Yeah. Cool. I love that. Um, and then do you see anything on your side through the Department of Ag um, where there are any gaps that um, through through the consumer, through the, um, with the restaurants right now, since that was the topic, kind of where do you see in just the department itself and how, how you guys can kind of fill that gap in as far as, you know, like she was saying, the transportation or um, that kind of stuff? Or do you rely on organizations like this to kind of help those gaps that you experience?
3: Yeah, that's a great question, Hannah. And I would be remiss if I didn't talk about transportation in a state like Idaho. And I know we're really focusing on local foods and telling that wonderful story, but we can't tell that story without transportation. Mm -hmm. And um, the importance of of truck drivers and the importance of rail and the importance of ports in Idaho. Um, Obviously, the ports are more on the um, international side of course, but they are so critically important. We have this incredible story within Idaho Ag of the most fantastic local foods, but also a massive amount of production. Mm -hmm. 50% of our wheat goes overseas, 20% of all Ag products go beyond our state's borders. We have this huge Ag footprint in a relatively small population. Mm -hmm. So the importance of transportation is something we are always talking about um, and really promoting wherever we can um, these industries that are all the allied industries around agriculture. We can't get food to folks if we don't have truck drivers. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that is incredibly important in Canyon County where you have this huge amount of different kinds of production, It's the seed capital of, of you know arguably the U.S. or the world, mm-hmm. and seed within Canyon County goes all over the world. A, a huge amount goes to Europe. And so we talk about all of those things and how they all – we have to take a very holistic approach. Promote local, promote all of the industries that help us get there. And I think us taking a holistic picture, hopefully, hopefully in the end, helps um, on the on the restaurant side, like you were talking about, and the consumer side, and all of those parts and pieces fit together.
2: Yeah, and I mean, it, it does give way for us to create resources. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, we're calling it a wholesale directory, but really, it's a connection portal. You know, it's yeah. it's a space. You know, we saw that that need in, in the industry and we're, we're starting to make those steps and being able to help bridge the gap through a program like Idaho Preferred. Yeah. And being able to tell those stories, I really I really want to encourage people to go follow along on our Instagram, our Facebook, um, and, yeah. and watch the chef-to-restaurant connection unfold um, just so you can really see the impact that it plays, Not like I said, not just down here, but throughout the whole state.
0: Excuse me. Um, It is a great resource. I've been on it very, a lot of different times and being able to see kind of where all the farmers markets are and where all the restaurants, it it is a huge resource that I highly recommend any of our listeners to go and just check it out. Um, You will learn something for sure. And you will find um, you do tell those stories very, very well. And it's neat to be able to hear the back end story of some of these farmers that you would have never known about unless you would go to that resource um, and connect with them. So I I really appreciate what how much effort and time you have put into this um, over the last year to help um, the community really be able to connect and, and find the value in buying local and buying and supporting local is just it's it's a huge it's a huge deal it really is especially with like John said with the influx of new people um, when and I think a lot of them want to be connected they want to know where. You know where they can support local, and that is such a great resource. So thank you. Of course. Is there anything else you guys um, are, have coming up that you'd love to share with our listeners before we we end? Uh, I just you know I like
2: just kind of <clears> think <throat> what you just said was a great wrap up on it. Um, you know, go go poke around our website and be sure to continuously go see all the updates are being made. We've we've spent a A ton of time just trying to continuously develop new resources. So whether, you know, it's the agricultural experience that you're looking for, you'd like to go enjoy, you know, a pick orchard, you want to go find flowers, Mm -hmm. maybe you're looking for your farm-to-fork restaurant, or maybe you want to... Find or shop local online, and you want it to be agriculturally related. We have a little shop online section so that you can go find your holiday Mm -hmm. gift items too. (laughs) Good idea. Yeah, 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 yeah. love that. Just an an extra way to do it. And then um, we have our holiday gift box season coming up too. It would it would be sad if I didn't miss uh, mention that. So this is our fourth year of doing our holiday gift boxes, and this is kind of a non. It's not a nonprofit, but we do not profit off of this initiative whatsoever. It's really meant to promote and be a tool for our producers out there who mm. want to be a part of the gift box, an opportunity for them to get their product out. Um, it's all locally focused ingredients, anything grown, raised, or crafted in the gem state. This year, we're going to be doing two different boxes. Um, yeah, so and They're we,
3: incredible. They have such cool stuff in them and things that you maybe otherwise don't get to experience in the marketplace or just like unknown gems that you're gonna mm-hmm. love,
2: yeah. So it, it it just kind of nice. It puts like a Idaho in in a little box, you know, yeah. for you to to open up. And um, you know, I we, I get calls from realtors, you know, who are excited yeah. about them. I get calls from moms who want to send it to their kids who are off in college. So it's just a nice little slice of Idaho mm. that you get to have at home. That's great.
0: Cool. Awesome.
3: Yeah, and I I I wanted to touch on one quick thing to wrap up as well, and yeah. it's something we heard on the tour. And I thought it was framed so beautifully. So Greg out at Houston Mm -hmm. Vineyard uh, touched on this and really talked about an old world approach to eating and interacting in our communities. Mm -hmm. And this idea that you go up the road and you get your flowers and you go down the road and you get beef from the rancher and you go to the orchard close Mm -hmm. to you and you get wine. And the the feeling of that community that you participate in is good for producers, but it's so good for consumers. And making that connection if you're new to the state. Or if you've been here a long time, it's this really beautiful approach to um, interacting with your community and getting great things as well. Yes. Yeah. 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 I just loved That's, how we framed it. It was yes. very cool.
0: That's a great point. And especially when, you know, it's in Canyon County too, and, um, and having a, so much of those local opportunities to have that experience um, and be able to kind of go back to that old world and get your local fruits and veggies and meet, everything you need really right there. Um, in such a small, mm-hmm. small area is great. So, well, thank you guys both for coming out. Thank we appreciate you for, appreciate you for t- you. Yeah. taking the time and sharing with our listeners. I know they'll find a lot of value in um, hearing what you guys had to say.
2: Oh, thank oh. you guys for having us. Yes. We really appreciate it.
0: And with we'll them. have all the resources, all the links, and all that in our um, in our bios, um, so you can go find them and find out how to support more local agriculture. So, thank you. Great. Have a good day. Thank you. Thank you.
1: Thanks for joining us on the iHeart2C podcast. Do you know someone or something that we should highlight? Would you like to get the word out about your business? Send us a message at podcast at iHeart2C.com.
0: You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at iHeart2C. If you like the podcast and are listening on Apple, make sure to leave a review. Until next time, keep it local and keep supporting Canyon County.